The Deep State's engineering an energy crisis. They're doing it on purpose, and they have a plan. Stay tuned, and I'll tell you more. Welcome to another episode of Behind the Deep State. I'm your host, Alex Newman, Senior Editor at The New American Magazine. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Last week, we talked about how the deep state likes to engineer crises to give us the solution to those crises. In fact, just like uh, Frederick Bastiat, the great French uh, lawmaker and philosopher, said in the 1800s, these totalitarians like to come up with the poison and the antidote in the same laboratory. They do it over and over and over again, and they've been doing it for a long time. Well, one of the poisons that they are concocting right now is a massive energy crisis that is going to become even more apparent as we head into the winter months here in the Western Hemisphere, in the Northern Hemisphere, right? Uh, Europe is going to get very, very cold. North America is going to get very, very cold. Japan, uh, parts of it will get very, very cold this winter. And unfortunately for the people living in those parts of the world, uh, they are going to be suffering from some pretty significant problems. In fact, they're already starting to tell us that we're going to have a massive energy crisis. Check this out. I think uh, we are in the middle of the first truly global energy crisis. Our world has never, ever witnessed an energy crisis with this depth and complexity. The first truly global energy crisis is coming, okay? Uh, and, of course, uh, they are now talking about this in the news. Uh, here you see uh, New England risks winter blackouts as gas supplies tighten. You see uh, New England warns of rolling blackouts this winter. Yep. Uh, you see in the U.K., the BBC is preparing secret scripts for possible use in winter blackouts. You see, mon dieu, France is heading towards winter blackouts, right? Oh, and Finland, darkest days of winter have Finland bracing for blackouts. Are you starting to see a pattern here? Oh, here's the Swiss. Swiss brace for rolling four-hour blackouts in energy crunch. Hmm. Oh, here's the Financial Times. Will the energy crisis crush European industry? Well, that would be convenient for the communist Chinese, wouldn't it? And we've got Japan. Japan's government wants to remotely control private ACs to avoid power outages. Huh. How did this happen that suddenly in one year, all of the world's advanced nations, which really have not had any problem with energy shortages before, how did it just so happen that we're all heading into winter without adequate energy supplies to heat our homes, to power our factories? That's pretty interesting, right? Well, I'll tell you how this happened. They did it on purpose, okay? And you don't have to be a genius to connect the dots here. They have been frantically shutting down coal-fired power plants all across the Western world under the guise of stopping global warming, and it, specifically alleged man-made global warming, which they're claiming comes from CO2, the gas that you exhale. By the way, human emissions of CO2 make up a fraction of 1% of all the so-called greenhouse gases present naturally in the atmosphere. One major volcanic eruption could make all human emissions throughout all of human history look like nothing by comparison. But, so they've been doing that. They've been shutting down our coal-fired power plants. They've been shutting down oil and gas exploration. You remember, right? Joe Biden uh, walks into the White House and day one, we're going to shut down the Keystone Pipeline. We're going to shut down this. We're going to shut down more leases on federal lands. We're going to do everything possible to shut down um, energy exploration and energy production. Now, the mega banks, right? We talked about this uh, just some weeks ago. The mega banks now uh, colluding with the United Nations to stop 
financing, to stop credit, to stop investment in energy exploration, right? Why do you think they're doing this, folks? Uh, at the same time, they're also working to shut down nuclear power plants, right? Now, nuclear power plants don't actually produce any CO2. So what in the world do nuclear power plants have to do with alleged man-made global warming? And the answer is nothing, right? But the problem is, for these globalists, if we just replace all our coal-fired power plants with nuclear power plants, we still have abundant, cheap, plentiful energy. We can still run our factories. We don't have to ship everything over to China where they're building coal-fired power plants faster than we can shut down ours. So that's interesting. Germany was doing it. The Swiss were doing it. The French were doing it. Um, pretty amazing. And instead, they say, we're just going to rely on solar panels made in communist China and stupid windmills. Right? I'm sure you remember what happened in Texas when they tried to rely on stupid windmills. Uh, a bunch of people froze to death because it got too cold. So uh, obviously something very, very fishy is going on here, folks. And uh, frankly, none of this should be a surprise. Uh, Barack Hussein Obama actually warned us about what he was planning. Uh, if you don't remember the clip, here it is. He's talking about under his plan, energy prices are necessarily going to skyrocket. Here he is. Under my plan... Uh, of a cap-and-trade system, electricity rates would necessarily skyrocket. There you go, straight from the horse's mouth. Under his plan, electricity rates will necessarily skyrocket. Now, that's only for stupid Americans, right? The communist Chinese, again, they were building coal-fired power plants so rapidly. They're bringing more online between now and 2025 than all of the entire American coal-fired power plant fleet. Imagine that. And, and yet these UN clowns say, yay, we're stopping global warming by shutting down American uh, coal-fired power plants. Yeah, just pay no attention to the 10 million pound dragon in the room, which of course would be communist China, which is of course turning on more coal-fired power plants for each one that we shut down. So obviously this is not about stopping global warming. Uh, if it was, they would all be really mad at China. Instead, they're all singing the praises of communist China. Uh, you might have seen some of the interviews we did from the UN COP27, where nobody wants to talk about China. And the people who did talk about China, well, they're building a lot of solar panels. Yeah, for idiot Westerners to purchase with tax subsidies that their governments are paying for. Yeah, that's great, right? Uh, oh, they're building wind windmills. Oh, okay, that's great. That's going to destroy the environment, too. And of course, windmills don't actually supply the power that we need. So what is the agenda here? What are they trying to do? Well, I'm glad you asked because they will actually tell you what they're trying to do. Uh, you may have seen uh, the overlord of the European, so I mean, the European Union. Uh, her name is uh, Ursula von der Leyen. And uh, here she is talking about where this is heading for the formerly sovereign peoples of the European Union. This is what is expensive because in these peak demands, the expensive gas comes into the market. So what we have to do is flatten the curve and uh, avoid the peak demands. We will propose a mandatory target for reducing electricity use at peak hours, and we will work very closely with the member states to achieve this. Okay, it's like COVID combined with communism all wrapped into one, right? We're gonna flatten the curve with mandatory energy rationing all across the European Union. Isn't that interesting? It's, you couldn't make this stuff up. Right? Uh, but there it is, folks, on display for you. Now, Deep State Headquarters, the so-called Council on Foreign Relations, um, they have been talking about this as well. In fact, uh, in one of their summer issues in 2022, 
they talked about. Uh, they they have uh, two um, globalists, uh, Megan O'Sullivan. She's with the Harvard Kennedy School. She was a special assistant to Deep State President George W. Bush, and uh, she was a deputy national security advisor. Uh, and they also have uh, Jason Bordoff. Um, and they, they wrote this uh, crazy article in Foreign Affairs, which is the magazine of the Council on Foreign Relations. Uh, and by the way, if you don't remember the Council on Foreign Relations, uh, that's where Hillary Clinton gets her orders from, is what she says. Uh, check this out. But it's good to have an outpost of the council right here down the street from the State Department. Uh, we get a lot of advice from the council, so this will mean I won't have as far to go to uh, be told uh, what we should be doing and uh, how uh, we should uh, think about the future. All right, so that's the Council on Foreign Relations. But, you know, it's not a partisan thing. The Republicans, the Democrats, they're all part of the club. You are just not in it. But what they said here in this article about the new energy order that's coming, how governments will transform energy markets, is uh, the coming energy order will be defined by something that few analysts have fully appreciated government intervention in the energy sector in a scale on a scale not seen in recent memory yeah like since the fall of the soviet union right, so here we go continue uh, after four decades during which they generally sought to curb their activity in energy markets western governments are now recognizing the need to play a more expansive role in everything from building and retiring fossil fuel infrastructure to influencing where private companies buy and sell energy to limiting emissions through carbon pricing, subsidies, mandates, and standards. Folks, that's where they are going, right? A new energy order. Uh, they're building a technocratic totalitarian system. And uh, a, a defining attribute of that technocratic totalitarian system is scarcity of everything, right? And so part of this process is designed to de-industrialize the Western world. Uh, in fact, that is exactly the terminology that was used by uh, this um, Obama's science czar. Yeah, you remember the guy. John Holdren, uh, he's the guy who famously in uh, in his book, uh, 1978 book, uh, Eco Science, touted forced abortions that he said would be constitutional. He touted uh, adding sterilizing agents to the water supply so that women could not get pregnant without permission from their overlords in the government. He said this would be necessary for, for stabilizing the population, right? Well, in 1973, him and his fellow Neo-Malthusian nutjobs put out a book called Human Ecology. And they called for, and I'm going to quote here from his book, a massive campaign must be launched to restore a high-quality environment in North America and to de-develop the United States. De-development means bringing our economic system, especially patterns of consumption, into line with the realities of ecology. Uh, wow. So we need to de-develop, in his words, the United States. Well, what does it look like to de-develop the United States? How do you do that? Well, you shut down the energy systems so that the factories, the manufacturing gets shut down. But these aren't going to disappear forever, folks. These are these are factories that are just moving over to China, where, again, they are very rapidly building reliable and cheap energy infrastructure and rapidly absorbing all of the industries that are being shut down in the United States. Now, uh, this is actually the same thing that the Club of Rome called for. The Club of Rome is a, a powerful collection of communists and globalists, totalitarians of all varieties, who decided that humanity itself is the enemy. Uh, this is what they said in their report in uh, 1974. Okay, uh, this report was called Mankind at the Turning Point. They said nations cannot be interdependent without each of them giving up some or at least acknowledging limits to its own independence. 
Now is the time to draw up a master plan for organic, sustainable growth and world development based on global allocation of all finite resources and a new global economic system. That's what this is about, folks. It's a new global economic system where the United States and Europe and Japan and uh, the Australia, New Zealand are going to be de-developed. Communist China will be rapidly developed. And the world will look very differently by the time they're done with this. In fact, it'll look like a multipolar world order, as they themselves explain. And if you continue reading in this UN agreement that they came up with at the COP27, they actually make that very, very clear. Uh, one of the things they say is we need to spend $4 trillion per year on renewable energy, right? And of course, that means stupid Americans need to buy tax subsidized with our own taxes, uh, junk from communist China, dumb windmills that don't work, dumb solar panels that don't work. Uh, so that's what they mean by that. And we need to spend $4 trillion on that. Uh, they also say, and I'm, and I'm quoting here, that uh, we need uh, a transition to sustainable lifestyles and sustainable patterns of consumption and production. Again, that's right from the text of the COP27 agreement. It echoes the Agenda 2030 that we've talked about. And they also say we need a global transformation to a low carbon economy that is expected to require investment of at least four to six trillion US dollars per year. Okay, folks, four to six trillion dollars per year, which coincidentally is exactly what um, Johan Rockström of the uh, Potsdam Institute said to the World Economic Forum. We need four to six trillion dollars, he said. Uh, and I want to quote from him here. Uh, so uh, Johan Rockström says that we need to um, just radically change everything. He says we need new radical politics and radical governance that will uh, you know, take over our energy system. We need to uh, you know, recognize the need for more what we can call radical politics or radical governance, where we have to see that now is the time to take some big decisions to, to regulate ourselves away from, from the damaging process we have today. It's, it's a bit too easy for us to talk about consumer behavior and uh, choices and awareness and, uh, and behavioral change, when in fact we need some big system shifts which requires finance politics governance to to shift all right folks and and finally lest you think that all of this pain that is coming this winter with these energy crises and we did a, a recent episode on the food crisis lest you think that that is going to uh cause these governments to have some common sense and say wait a minute here we better not shut down our energy systems we better not destroy all our farmers um do not be deceived actually in the final agreement out of cop 27 they actually said that uh, all these crises that are coming energy crises food crises economic crises must not be used as a pretext for backtracking backsliding or deprioritizing climate action and by climate action they mean shutting down our energy systems and um starving us so uh, folks that's where they're going right they are going to create this energy crisis and they are going to use it to radically reshape our economies, our societies, uh, and we're headed rapidly into a world of scarcity where you will be totally dependent. You will be totally at the mercy of your overlords for your energy, for your food, for everything else. They're doing this on purpose. It's a deep state plan, and we must resist. 
One of the ways we can resist is by making sure our state governments refuse to cooperate with this. If the feds say we need to shut down our power plants, our state governments should say absolutely not. We're not shutting down any power plants in our state because we need that electricity to power our homes, to cool our homes, to heat our homes, to power these dumb electric cars that you're telling us all to buy, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, folks, this is serious, right? Um, it's uh, easy to take the blessings of abundant and reliable energy for granted as soon as we don't have it, we'll recognize very rapidly how much we miss it. So we've got to be involved here. Thanks for watching. I'm Alex Newman. This is Behind the Deep State. Please share this video out, warn people, uh, especially people in colder climates, because this is coming soon to a theater near you. Until next time, God bless you all. The world is changing. To be more specific, the world is being changed. These changes are affecting you, your friends, and your family. Do you know why these changes are happening? Do you know who's behind these changes? Were you consulted on these changes? For decades, The New American has been investigating the people behind the scenes making these changes, reporting on the policies and their implementations, and how they impact you and the world around you. But now, those behind the changes are moving at a faster pace than ever before in their effort to transform and reset the world. Staying informed and sharing information about the dangerous fundamental transformations being engineered all around us is more important than ever before, and protecting our God-given liberties, always crucial, is fast becoming a matter of life and death, and we will only succeed if we work together. That's why we've created this community for readers and supporters of The New American. Here you can support our work and join in to further the goals that we all share in ensuring that freedom shall not perish. Let's work together to stop the internationalist party of chaos and bring about a new birth of freedom and personal responsibility. Welcome to the new American community on Locals.